You're listening to Thinkers What Works podcast. I'm your host, Jason Todd, and today we have our co-hosts, Alex Gary and Chuck Doldy, founder and CEO of Sell On, a sales technology company with a laser focus on improving sales execution for individuals and teams. Chuck, welcome to the What Works podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here and a uh, great opportunity to tell our story. So Sell On, you improve sales execution. How do you do that and walk us, walk us through what your company does? Well, historically, sales is primarily classified as an art, uh, and it's really a, well, the focus was on the relationship that the sales rep had with the, the you know, the customer or the prospect. And what you find though, over time, especially I, I've spent twenty years in this space, is that um, a, a rep doesn't typically lose their job because they're a poor relationship sales rep. They lose their job because of poor sales execution. It's the number one identified reason by sales managers. So that's a big problem to solve. And you know, given the fact that that's on the shoulders of the rep, we're going to provide help using kind of modern technology and an analytical approach to to solve that problem. So that's an interesting breakdown. You've got this this concept of sales relationship versus sales execution. Does that mean a person could be uh, happy, friendly, go lucky, great with people and terrible at sales? Is that what you're thinking? Or they can fail at sales. Yeah. And, and where, where a lot of this crystallized for me is, you know, my background is in all aspects of enterprise sales. But when I was in sales enablement, uh, we were contracted by CenturyLink um, in Denver to go out and do a Salesforce survey. And we were looking at technology. We we're looking at sales best practices and training and things like that. One of the questions that we asked the sales leaders was, what's the number one reason why your, you know, your sales reps fail? And we expected, you know, poor performance in front of the customer, not enough training, don't understand the competition, you know, all the things that we would do in sales enablement. And over 75% of the respondents came back and said, poor sales execution. And so we went and interviewed those folks. And we said, well, what does that mean? Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, you know, if 80% of the job is in front of the customer, it's the, it's the relationship and the engagement with the customer. 20% is sales execution. It's the things they're doing away from the customer but it's the undermining of their success. Like what? So for instance, it's follow-up. It's follow-through on the things that they do when they are in front of the customer. It's doing the right things at the right time in the contract with the customer that keeps the deal moving forward. It's focusing holistically on all their deals versus the one they're trying to close this quarter. All of those things are bad habits. When left up to the rep, they'll do the things they're most comfortable with. And that's generally speaking, the relationship side of being in front of the customer. Interesting. So how does your platform then solve that problem? Yeah, because so much of this um, in the past was on the shoulders of the rep to figure it out. Um, and my experience was that it was just a, a high churn rate. The average enterprise rep takes about nine months to onboard, and they're only productive for about 24 months before they move on to another position. And generally speaking, because they fail at sales execution. It's a very short window to be productive as an enterprise sales rep. So how do we extend that? How do we get more out of, out of the rep? Well, when you start to look at the, the root cause for why they fail, so this sales execution challenge, you realize that there's really nothing enabling them from a technological standpoint. And so we, we identified an opportunity to take advantage of the, the science and the analytics around their performance and what they do when they're selling and selling well and turn that into a solution that can be then a repeatable uh, approach. So let, let's take a step back. What was the eureka moment 
that either this this idea popped in your head or you were you know were you having a conversation with somebody and the idea that survey i mean that the the response on that survey where the number one reason was sales execution it was so disconnected from what you know you would look at a rep and say this is a successful person it's like how do they manage the you know the time in front of the customer and their engagement all those things um it was so disconnected yet it was the number one reason why people were failing and it, it you could not not see that going forward so every position i had after that including running an enterprise sales team it was like you're great in front of the customer but you're lousy you know, working your pipeline and ensuring you're getting the best productivity out of the pipeline. So how did you get to the point where you launched Sellon? I mean, what was the next? So now you have the yeah. idea and, and you know what the problem is and you've got the experience to, to kind of develop it. But how did you get, what was the next step? So I worked at a company called Savo based in Chicago. It was a sales enablement company. And in that capacity, I was supporting the head of sales and we developed kind of a, a framework for better sales execution. Um, and it was more of an inspection framework where you could go and you could say, you know, did you do this? Did you do that? And that was primarily to drive consistency in the way that you were doing one-on-one -on -one meetings with your reps. Um, I had the opportunity to then take that and implement it as the head of enterprise sales for another uh, software company, Knowledge Vision, based in um, Boston. And in doing so, um, that became the mantra. You know, what's the data? Let's become a data-driven sales organization um, because no one likes the surprises on the executive team where you get to the end of the quarter. It's like, well, half of the pipeline disappeared. Why? And, you know, there were excuses, frankly, that were being made. So we said, let's let the data drive what we do. And so we implemented it, but we did it, did it as a spreadsheet. And we ran it for two years. And our predictability went from about 55% forecast predictability, you know, accuracy, to about 75% forecast accuracy, which in a sales organization, that big of a step in a couple of quarters is phenomenal. So now you got your spreadsheet, and it works. Then, then what's the next step? How did, how did you get to having an automated process? Yeah, all, those, uh, all those formulas, the approach, you know, the math behind it. And so it's essentially a statistical model. We're looking on average how people perform, and then we're looking at when they start to deviate, those kinds of things. All that was math in the spreadsheet. And, you know, the, the manual inspection criteria that we had developed as the process, all those became requirements for the platform. And so essentially we built an automated platform um, that did all the things that we were doing in the spreadsheet. So it became scalable and became a, a SaaS subscription model. Were you out there trying to find somebody to, to build that model, or did you run into somebody who had the skills, and you're like, hey, I got an idea for you? Uh, no, actually, I, I, I'm i good at building mock-ups. You know, I'm not a programmer, but uh, I've been through programming boot camps, so they understood how a programmer and a developer, a CTO that you know I'd want to engage would think. Um, and so I, I built the mock-ups. I think myself as a you know, like kind of a grand product manager. And, and so I understood the market, what I thought the product requirements were, did the mock-ups, and I went looking. You know, it was either a, a, a build or buy. And what I mean by that is, you know, if I could find a CTO, um, it's a much more intimate relationship. And this is something I thought was going to be more than a one-time contract where we're going to pay X amount to a, an outsourced firm to develop it. And and was fortunate to meet my CTO and co-founder as a part of a startup event in Milwaukee. And, you know, it was the, the right mix of experience. We've been get together building the platform for uh, over two years. 
So for our listeners who are not maybe familiar with some of this tech, uh, some of the techie words we're throwing sure. around here, you know, you've got sales execution, you've got sales enablement, uh, you're talking about sales platforms. There's another word that comes to my mind, CRM, and I think maybe some people think about, you know, that, which well, is I got customer my, relationship manage, management too, right? Yeah. yeah. So, right. so how how does your platform? Can I use the word platform? Maybe. Sure. Yeah. So, how does your how does your platform work into these other things that maybe maybe some some uh, uh, some salespeople are thinking of? Sure. So, CRM, customer relationship management, is a foundational system for all sales teams, and for that matter, for customer success teams. So, even after you become a customer, becomes the underpinnings for how you run your relationship with your customers. That being said, it is primarily a sales accounting system. Okay. Um, it was originally born out of the need to have a sales forecast. And, and then ultimately that forecast was driven by opportunities or deals that were in the pipeline. And then those, you know, to understand how predictable they were, there were stages put in to understand which stage of the sales process you're in. So that that's fine, but it's a, it's a feed me system. It's not you know, necessarily doing anything to help the rep per se. Um, and so we integrate with CRM. We're not replacing CRM, but we are the, we are the tool, the go-to tool that provides the, you know, the guidance to the rep and to the sales manager so they can effectively run their sales campaigns. And, oh, by the way, we automated a bunch of the updates that need to go into CRM. So the data, the data load on the back of the rep and the manager goes down as well. So if I were a salesperson, I'm a salesperson using my CRM, which presumably I'm storing some customer information in there. And like you say, I'm maybe storing some deals and I kind of know where they're at in the a pipeline. Mm -hmm. How did your tool plugs into my CRM and then enables me to do what? So, so from a functional standpoint, uh, let's talk about what Salon does when it plugs into CRM. What it does is it really looks at certain selling behaviors. So how long you spend, to achieve different milestones. Now, a milestone is not an object within a CRM system. A milestone is generally something set forth by the sales leader that says, okay, we're in this sales stage. I want to know progress towards the next sales stage, so I'm going to set a series of milestones for you. Now, CRM doesn't manage milestones, but Cellon does. In fact, that's something that we've, we've, you know, a cornerstone of what we manage. And the way that we manage milestones is we look at performance against those milestones primarily in duration, but we also then factor in uh, how good did that demo go or how, how, how tough was the executive presentation if that was a milestone. So there's a quality aspect to it. And so that's, we consider that to be a, a factor in deal health. Um, so we're looking at duration, deal health, and then what's your intensity of activity? How many emails are you sending to that client? How many phone calls have you made? Because you can then, as a rep, use our tool to launch that phone call, to launch that email, all right from within our platform, and it's automatically then tracking and posting those completed tasks and activities to the CRM system for you. So the benefit for the rep is it's an easy way, the way that they would work and engage with their clients anyways, but in doing so, we're doing the we call it the CRM hygiene work, the update work on the back end for you. So there's an automation gain for the rep as well. You used the term deal health. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really interesting. So I think when I first saw that platform, 
uh, you the, part of the goal was to identify at risk opportunities because some of these other kind of tactics were not happening, right? right. So you, you're not following up based on based on what healthy deals look like in terms of quantity or duration of follow up. So so you're 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 focused on deal health to to give me insights into my deals and what's what what's going to perform well or what's not performing well or how do you do that? Yeah, so what we're looking at is is we're looking at progress of a deal against a kind of a prototypical what good looks like for that particular rep. Hmm. So think of that as your statistical profile and how when you're selling well, this is how and how much time you spend on different aspects of that deal. Right. And so what we can do is then predictively look based on how you uh, sell when you're selling good. We can look at all your deals and say, how are those stacking up against those? And so we work with certain you know, tolerance areas or tolerance bands, and we determine when you're deviating. And that's what triggers the guidance back to the rep and the sales manager that says, hey, this deal is now at risk. It might not seem like it's at risk because it's not due to close until two quarters from now. But if you aren't doing, do, doing the things you need to do today, It'll never make make it to it, and you'll end up leaking that out. It'll fall out, and you know become part of what's called sales attrition. And nothing drives a business development group uh, more crazy than making you know spending a thousand dollars per qualified opportunity put in the deal, only to for it to die on the vine in the first two stages because it didn't get the attention because the rep's working on the big deal for the quarter. You know, and th- that's what we guard against is to ensure that. All, all deals in the pipeline are getting the attention they need based upon that priority that our predictive analytics engine identifies. So uh, you've been in sales for almost 20 years. Now you've created a new company. How much different is your role now as a CEO? Or is it, or is you kind of thinking, well, it's a product and I'm still selling? It's a great question. Um, you know, if I had to do it all over again, um, I love the sales experience. 